want to thank those that are watching online with us. I know we have a lot of people watching online, and I'm sure we'll have that for weeks to come here. And um, I know we have a lot of people that are sick or um, quarantining. How many of you figure that out? If you're sick, you can be back in 10 days. If you're quarantining and not sick, you have to wait 14 days. And um, if you know someone that's sick and um, you've never seen them, you have to wait another 10 days on top of the 14 days. And so there's some that are out 24 days now. Um, and if you, never mind, I'm not getting into all that, but you know what I'm saying. I want you to pray for Justin Hammerker, please. Um, he's been on a ventilator. Uh, Justin works here at the church. He's young. He's only probably 30 or so. And, um, but he has been on a ventilator this past week. And um, uh, word I got yesterday is he's improving, doing well, and they're hoping to get him off the ventilator. So we praise the Lord for that. So pray, if you would, please, uh, that that would happen. He could get home with his family. Barb Beasley also is in the hospital, and uh, she's not doing well. I spoke to her last night, and she's really struggling. And so would you pray for Barb? And then Debbie Williams doesn't have COVID, but she is having some issues. She got good news last week or so that cancer uh, has uh, shrunk, which was great news, but she has uh, two blood clots that they found. So they put her on blood thinner. And um, now I believe they found an area that she's bleeding uh, internally. So if you'd pray for her, she's in the hospital. She was in the hospital last weekend out and then uh, got sent back this week as well. So she has uh, been in there both weekends and um, just pray for her. She really needs your prayers. Pray for Doug Davison. He is, um, uh, was doing well, was home and then uh, spiked a fever. He is dealing with his cancer treatment. And uh, so please pray for the Davison family. I believe, uh, I did not get a report this weekend, but I believe he's still at the hospital. They took him back to University of Michigan. So he desperately needs our prayers that um, he can get through this uh, Janelle Nowak is home, and we praise the Lord for that, and uh, thankful for all your prayers. And I want you to pray, if you would, we are helping a lot of families this, this week. Um, because of your generous giving, we've been able to help numerous families. Our goal is to help 100 families, and we're close to that. If you know of someone that needs help this week, we had a lot come in uh, the last couple days of last week, and so we're very close to that, but we still uh, can help more. And so if you would like to uh, give us some names of some people that uh, uh, could use a Thanksgiving meal, what we're doing is instead of collecting food and that sort of thing, we've just collected funds. We're buying meals from Bob Evans, and um, it's worked out very well. So just let us know. Uh, we still need some more names. And I want you to pray again with those that are we are helping. If they know Christ as their Savior, I pray they'd just be encouraged by the help of his church. If they don't know Christ, we pray that this will be a way for us to be able to give them the gospel. And we pray that people would be saved from uh, your generous giving with the gospel message. And also, just pray for the many that are sick. Obviously, you look around, uh, we are down in attendance today, and I'm sure uh, we will be over the next couple weeks. Pray for those that are traveling. There are some uh, that uh, obviously will be leaving to go this week to see family. Just pray that they stay safe, those that are quarantining. It's a frustrating thing. Uh, a lot of people I talk to just that get a few symptoms, some of them quarantined from work with no symptoms, and I think it's getting to the place where people are frustrated, people are concerned, uh, some are sick in the hospital, some are on ventilators, and so it's just a difficult time, I believe, for many people. Um, we just want to get to um, 
get to the holidays, see families, take vacations, and just um, uh, forget about all these things. And I want to encourage you, just concentrate on the Lord. Keep your focus on Him this week and this upcoming Christmas season. And the uh, Lord's going to see us through this. I'm confident of that. And we just need to keep our focus on Him. I want you to turn to Acts chapter 26. We are working our way through the book of Acts. And we've been here now. Uh, quite a long time, and we're ending the, this book. And as we're ending this book, boy, it starts in a, in a wonderful way. It starts with the church in, in Jerusalem and the day of Pentecost and the Holy, Holy Ghost coming upon the church and, and those that are saved. And great, great things happen. The church began to see people saved. Lives were changed. And the Lord really began to work. What an exciting time the church was in, but the church then began to experience a lot of persecution. So much so to the place where the church there in Jerusalem, the people scattered. They began to, to move out of Jerusalem because the persecution was so heavy. And if, if we were in our human eyes at the time, probably looked at that, we would have been concerned. Probably wondering what's happening to the church. People that I once knew or once worshiped with or once lived uh, uh, with and, and now they're gone and they've moved. But what God did through that great persecution is the church began to grow. The church went and, and the gospel went to different cities all throughout the known world. And it was said of the apostles at that time that they had turned the world upside down. Men like Paul and Barnabas and others that would go and take the gospel message to, to uh, the known world. And, and now Paul is standing in Caesarea uh, uh, and, and he, is, he is now giving his testimony before King Agrippa. Paul's standing before this king and he's, he's faithfully contending for the gospel message. I want you to follow along with me if you would please. Let's begin in verse number 20. Uh, and actually, verse number 19, whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. Paul speaking of the, the call that he had on his way to Damascus. He's on his way to Damascus to persecute Christians. He's, he's going to go there, and, and, and those that are, are preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, those that are believing in this Jesus of Nazareth that's causing all this confusion in, the, in, in religion, they're, they're getting saved. Paul is doing everything he can to stop this, and he's on this road to Damascus, and he meets Christ. And he says, I was not disobedient unto that heavenly vision. He, he goes on to say in verse number 20, but showed first unto them of Damascus, and at Jerusalem, and throughout the coast of Judea, and then the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God, and do the works meet for repentance. For these causes the Jews caught me in the temple, and went about to kill me. Having therefore obtained help of God, I continue unto this day, witnessing both to small and great, saying none other things than those which the prophets and Moses did say should come, that Christ should suffer, and that he should be first that should rise from the dead and should show light unto the people and to the Gentiles. And as he thus spake of himself, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, thou art beside thyself. Much learning doth make thee mad. But he said, I am not mad, most notable Festus, but speak forth the words of the truth in soberness. For the king knoweth of these things, before whom also I speak freely. For I am persuaded that none of these things are hidden from him, for this thing was not done in a corner. He's just simply speaking of the gospel. These things are out in the open. It's not hidden. 
they, they know what Christ, what message he preached. It was, he, was, he was placed out for all to see that he was, he was crucified. For the kings knoweth of these things, before whom also I speak freely, he says. For I'm persuaded that none of these things are hidden from him, for this thing was not done in a corner. King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? I know that thou believest. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Probably the saddest words King Agrippa probably ever spoke. Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. And Paul said, I would to God that not only thou, but also all that hear me this day were both almost and altogether such as I am, except these bonds. And when he had thus spoken, the king rose up and the governor and Bernice and they that sat with them. And when they were gone aside, they talked between themselves saying, this man doth nothing worthy of death or of bonds. And then Agrippa, uh, then said Agrippa unto Festus, this man might have been set at liberty if he had not been appealed to Caesar. Father, help us today. Lord, there's many here in this room today that need to hear from your word. There's those that are online watching now that need to hear from your word as well. We all need it, Lord. We all need to be encouraged. We all need to be challenged. We all need instruction. Lord, we need to hear from you today. So Lord, I pray that if there's anything that our hearts or our minds that would cause a distraction, would cause our thoughts to wonder. Lord, I pray that you'd remove those things now. I pray you'd allow the Holy Spirit of God to work here in this place. I pray the Holy Spirit of God would work in each individual heart and speak to us. Cause us, Lord, to, to be sensitive to what you want for each of us individually. Lord, this message is for your people. And every single person, Lord, that's hearing this message may need something different. So I need your help, Lord. And I pray that you would work. I pray that your son, Jesus Christ, would be magnified. I pray that he'd be exalted today. I pray our mind and our heart would truly be, as we sang, that we'd turn our eyes upon Jesus. And Lord, that's our goal today. And so, Lord, I pray that you're pleased with every, every part of this service. And we ask you this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Paul doesn't shy away from his conversation or his conversion that happened here on the road to Damascus. He doesn't shy away from his testimony of Jesus Christ. Paul is in a place, and I want you to understand this today, Paul is in a very difficult place. Sometimes when we read through scripture, we, we can read words, but we fail to really take the time to, to consider what's happening here. Paul is not in a good place physically. Paul is not in a good place. If, if we would evaluate his life, we would not say that Paul is in a great place. Paul's not pastoring a church here at this time where it's a growing church. Paul is in bonds. Matter of fact, Paul says in this passage of scripture, I, I want everyone that hears me today to be and have what I have except these bonds. Paul was in a place where others were, were holding him captive. Paul was not doing what he necessarily wants to do. Paul is being told what to do. He's in a very difficult place. Paul is in a place where death is probably certain. And Paul realizes that. 
if the king and the governor here were to let Paul go, Paul probably would have faced certain death from the religious elite, from the priest and those that sought to kill Paul. Paul says it here in the chapter that we read. He said that they sought to kill me because of the message that I preach. That's why Paul is here. He goes to the temple there in Jerusalem. He comes and they see him and they take him captive and they sought to kill him. Paul's life is difficult. Paul would be at a place where if Paul just took it easy right now, we could say we understand. Paul's been through a lot. Paul has been beaten. Paul has been stoned. Paul has been placed in prison. Paul has faced almost death on many different occasions by the hands of those that hated him. I think if we looked at Paul's life, we could say, you know what, Paul, you're going through a difficult time. Take it easy. You're in prison now. You're probably not going to get out. Paul, just do whatever you can to make life easy on yourself. But that's not what Paul does. Paul is in a place that's very difficult, but Paul stays focused on his calling. Paul's not shying away from anything that God has called Paul to do. I thought of that as we are facing difficult times even in our lives. And I I don't even mean just with this virus. I, I just mean across just being human, living this life in this earth. Sometimes if we're not careful, this virus and in the events that are happening around this, this country and even in our own state, it, we can think that everything's about the virus, but people are still struggling in other areas. People are still struggling financially. People are still hurting in our relationships. There's still difficulties in marriages. People still have other sicknesses besides the virus. There's a lot happening, and even within our church, there's a lot that people are going through and that people are struggling with. People are going through difficult seasons, and Paul did as well. But I want you to see this, first of all, this morning, that Paul stays focused on the gospel message, even in difficult situations. Now, please don't tune me out and say, here we are, the the gospel message again. I know that today I'm probably preaching to the majority, if not everyone here in this room, that is is saved. I'm probably preaching this morning. Those that are watching uh, this morning, they're probably watching, and they know Christ is their Savior. Maybe somebody will watch this message later that doesn't know Christ. But I'm probably preaching to Christians here today. But don't let the gospel message just get old and mundane. Don't let the gospel message just get to, yes, I did that years ago, but I have problems today that I need to focus on. I want you to see that Paul here stays focused on that gospel message. We find him standing before King Agrippa. In verse number 20, he says this, but he showed first unto them of Damascus and Jerusalem and throughout the coast of Judea and then to the Gentiles that they should repent and turn to God. And do works meet for repentance, he goes on in verse number 23, that that Christ should suffer and that he should be the first that should arise from the dead and and should show light unto the people and to the Gentiles. Here in the most difficult season that Paul is facing, here in a time where Paul is in bonds and there's probably no way out for Paul, 
Here is when Paul, if he were to be released, would face certain death from the, the chief priest. He still is staying focused on the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And church, I want to challenge us, and, 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 and if I challenge us every week, I, I pray that it never gets old to us, that, that no matter where we are in our life, no matter what season that we're in, whether it's a season where everything seems wonderful, and everything is great, and there's no worries, and there's no problems, or you are in the deepest, darkest, difficult season of your life, we as a church, we as individuals, we as a child of God, we must stay focused on the message, the gospel message of Jesus Christ because that's our goal and that's our, our calling here upon this earth. I'm concerned if we're not careful, we can get so focused on our problem or so focused on the situation or the season that we're in that we fail to focus on the gospel. Do you realize this, that God had Paul in these situations so that Paul could get the gospel to those? And some may have never heard the gospel unless Paul was here in this season. God can use your difficult season as an opportunity to get the gospel to someone that may have never heard it unless you were in that season. Well, I've heard of people, there's, there's a lady in her church, she suffers with, with lots of health issues, and she finds herself at doctor's offices often, and she'll say to me this, and we'll, she'll call, and she'll say, Pastor, I, I handed out 10 tracts today. Well, I want to I say to her, or I, I gave the gospel to three nurses today, and, and I, I want to say to her, I, I feel bad about the situation you're in, and I feel so uh, 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 concerned about the health situation that brings you there, but, but God is using that so that others could hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, Paul is not focusing on his difficult time or his season that he's going through. What Paul is doing in that time is focusing on the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's focusing on repentance, and he, he, he shares this message of repentance. And that word repentance is turning from your sins and to God. It's an action that's taken in, in the gospel message when someone repents of their sin. They, they don't just add God to their sinful life. They, they turn from that and turn to God. It's a change of direction. That's what Paul is preaching. His testimony was a, a change of direction. He's on the road to Damascus to, to, to kill and to enslave and, and put in prison those that are preaching the gospel. Paul's whole life was changed because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. When he was converted, he was changed. And he says, now that's my calling to go and preach to the world, whether you're a Jew or Gentile, whether you're there in Damascus or Jerusalem or any place. It's his calling now to tell the world and each person he comes in contact to, with, to, to repent of their sin and turn to Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter 17, verse number thirty. The Bible says this, in the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. The message that we, even in difficult seasons, much preach to this world is to repent. In Acts chapter number three, verse number 19, the Bible goes on to say, repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. See, Paul had this realization that without Jesus Christ, you will spend eternity without God. 
He's preaching this message of repentance, this message of of turning from your sin. In Acts chapter 2, verse number 38, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sin, that ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I'm afraid if we're not careful, Christianity Day, we've watered down the gospel message. Remember that Jesus Christ came as we had the Lord's table, the communion last week. It was a time for us. We set aside as a church to remember the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. To remember what Jesus went through. He came and he lived his life on this earth. I mean, that in itself, think about the sacrifice that that was. To leave heaven. To leave all the glory of heaven to come and become a man. To go through the things that we go through. And and I want you to remember that Jesus Christ, he went through all of the same things that we as humans are going through as well. He went through hurt. He went through betrayal. He was murdered there. He was killed. He, he He was placed there on that tree. His blood was shed so that our sins could be forgiven. Think about what Jesus Christ went through. Too many take God and want to keep their sin. Too many want to live their life and not repent. I'm in India at the beginning of this year, and I've told you this before. There's over 300 million gods in, in India. They, the reason why there's so many because they don't want to offend any of them. And so they'll just take any God. Matter of fact, there's many in India that will, that will pray to Jesus Christ. They'll add a picture of Jesus to all the other gods. They'll add a, a figurine of Mary and Jesus with all of the other statues that they have. Many of them have a, a separate room that they'll go into in their home, and it's where all their gods are, and they'll, they'll pray, and they'll add Jesus. They'll add God. But they're not turning from, from their sin. They're not turning from, from their other gods that they worship and, and, and turning to the one true God. They're, they're just adding God to what their life is. Well, my friend, that's not salvation. That's not what Paul is preaching. Paul didn't say that I had my life and I was on my way to Damascus and I just added Jesus to what I was already doing. Paul changed course. He repented. He turned from that. And that's the message he's preaching as well. He's not preaching a prosperity gospel that if you get saved, all of your problems are going to go away. And I say again to you today, the prosperity gospel preaching is a false gospel. It's not a true gospel. The the gospel of Jesus Christ is a call to suffering. It's a call to persecution. It's it's, it's a call of repenting of your sin and, and turning to Jesus Christ. It's not a, I'm going to get saved so I can get rich. Be careful of that. There's many right now that are going through hurt and going through trials. And there's many right now that as, as Christianity is concerned, we're, 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 we're head, heading towards some persecution. And, and people are wondering, where's God in all of this? And I want you to know that God is in the same place he's always been. He is controlling this universe. He's sitting on his throne. Nothing has gotten by God. He is still in charge. He's still God. Nothing has changed. The situation you're in doesn't dictate God's power. He is powerful. 
We don't just, for salvation, take God and keep our own life. We repent. Too many add God to their lifestyle instead of turning from their sin to God. And Paul preached repentance of sin. Even in difficult times, I want you to see that Paul was still active in giving the gospel. And church, I want to challenge us. Never let the gospel message get old. Never get let the, the, the responsibility that we, as God's children, as ambassadors for Christ, that we have in getting the gospel message out. If any time more than ever, now is the time for us to preach the gospel. Don't let difficult times keep your focus from what the focus needs to be. Secondly, I want you to see this in verse number 22. Having therefore obtained help of God, I continue unto this day, witnessing both the small and great, saying none, none other things than those which the prophets and Moses say should come. You guys with me today? You're getting quiet on me. Everybody awake? Pinch the person next to you. Go ahead. You're loud. There you go. Now pinch the person back for pinching you. Wake them up. All right. Paul, I want you to write this down, number two. Paul stays focused on God's strength. Paul is in the most difficult season. Paul's facing certain death. Paul's in bonds. But Paul stays focused on God's strength. I want you to see here again. Look with me in verse number 22. Having therefore obtained, what's that next word? Help of God. I continue unto this day. Paul stays focused on God's strength. Paul is not in a place where he now says, I've got to take things and matters in my own hands. And hear me, church, don't lose this. Don't miss this. So often we get into situations we feel like we've got to do something about it. We get ourselves in situations, struggles, or seasons of life, and we have to do something to get out of this. I want you to understand where Paul is at is God's plan. And when you get to the place where you are not sure what to do, continue to rely on God's strength. Don't ever take matters in your own hands. You're never going to be stronger than God. You're never going to have more wisdom than God. You're never going to have a better plan than God's plan. Even in difficult seasons, we need to stay focused on his strength. Paul recognized that he can't do this without God's help. And oh, listen to me today, we don't have to give up and we don't have to quit and we don't have to just throw in the towel and say this is too difficult and this is too hard. No, what we must do in difficult seasons is continue to rely upon God's strength and God's help. Paul realized that he needed to obtain help of God so that he could continue unto this day. So many times we seek to live the victorious Christian life in our own strength. With our own human reasoning. This week, every one of us have made decisions. And I want to ask you, who was the strength behind those decisions? Was it something that you came up with or did you rely upon God? 
Every decision you'll make this past week and every decision you're going to make this upcoming week, the Holy Spirit of God, if you're a child of God, lives inside of you and he is the one that will guide you. He is the one that will give you the direction you need. You don't have to go through this life uh, having to depend upon your own strength. There's never a time that your strength is better than God's strength. The psalmist said this in Psalm 94, 17, unless the Lord hath been my help, my soul had almost dwelt in silence. In Psalm 121, 1, I love this passage of scripture. I'll lift up mine eyes into the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord who made heaven and earth. That's where our strength comes from. In times of difficulty, it wasn't the hills that the psalmist was saying the strength comes from. It's the one that made those hills. It's the one that created that with his own words. That's where our help comes from. In Psalm 40, 17, then art my help. Thou art my help and my deliverance. The psalmist realized who his help was. He's in a difficult season. If you study the life of David, you would find that most of David, especially his younger life, he's running from Saul. He's in constant need of help. But every time he got into the place where he knew he needed help, he knew that it was God that was his help and his deliverance. In Psalm 27, 9, the Bible says, Thou hast been my help. In Isaiah 41.10, I am thy God. God says, I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. Listen, that's a promise from God. When you get into those difficult seasons of life where you're not sure what to do, realize this, you have a promise from God's word that he will help you, he will strengthen you. And Paul stood here in a very difficult time as he's preaching the gospel, as he's before kings and before governors and before the, the chief priest. And he says, having therefore obtained help of God, he knew he couldn't live this life without God's help. Listen, I think you'd agree today, we need God's help. Amen. We need his help. As a husband, as a wife, you need God's help. As a student, maybe going through school, you need God's help. As a young teenager, you need God's help. As a parent, you need God's help. I talk to people that are a little bit further in life than I am, and I'll ask them advice and help. You know what? They'll always say, you know what? I'm not sure. But I like it when people point me to God who is sure. Maybe you're sitting here today or watching online today, and you're saying, I need help. You've tried to figure your life out. You've tried to make a plan. You know what you're going to find? Every time you try to make a plan and you try to figure it out, you will always fail. But if you trust God and his word, you'll have the strength you need in every season of life. Paul is standing for King Agrippa. He realizes this, my help comes from God. He's my strength. I want you to see thirdly this morning, look with me in verse number 24. And as he thus spake for himself, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, Thou art beside thyself, much learning doth make thee mad. Now, again, as we read through Scripture, sometimes we can skip past really what's happening there. Paul is pouring his heart out. He's contending for the gospel. He's contending for the faith. 
He's, he's giving his testimony. He's sharing what, what, what Christ did. And he's, he's relying upon God's strength to see him through this. And then this governor, this person that has power, this person that has authority that can make Paul's life miserable, the one really that could free Paul if he would just simply give the word. With a loud voice, he mocks Paul and says, much learning hath made you mad. What he's saying is, Paul, you don't know what you're talking about. You're speaking foolishness. He's not trusting what Paul is saying. He's not believing in what Paul is saying. I want you to see thirdly here that Paul, he stays focused when others have rejected the message. We're living in a world that's rejecting the message of Christ. I'm reading statistics at an alarming rate. Christians are becoming smaller and smaller and smaller in number in our country. Just even over the last eight or so years, there's less Christians that claim there be a Christian than, than ever before. In reality, in some places, Christianity is becoming the minority. They're wanting to take our Christian faith and Christian heritage out of our history of our country. They're wanting to change it. Wanting to take in God we trust and, 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 and God out of, of, of uh, uh, places. Wanting to take the, uh, uh, new t- uh, the, uh, the uh, Ten Commandments out of courthouses. We've taken God out of schools. We've, we're wanting to take God out of everything. Matter of fact, if you're a Christian and you believe like we believe, you believe the Bible, something's wrong with you. They're taking some that believe the Bible and they're, they're making them to be terrorists and, and making them out to be uh, uh, ones to be feared. We're growing closer and closer and closer and living in a world where Christianity is going to be persecuted greatly. Matter of fact, let me say this. We are living in a world where in many places Christianity is being persecuted. We're just living in a country right now. We're not seeing that persecution like many Christians around this world are. There's Christians living in this world in 2020 that are jailed in parts of this world because they're preaching the gospel message. I met a, I saw a picture, and then actually I met this, this person some time ago. They cut her hands off. Now she, neither hand she has because her father was a Christian and he wouldn't, he would not denounce Christ. And as they came in to, to, to uh, uh, persecute him and kill him, they tortured his family. And each time they would torture his family, they would say, now denounce Christ and he would stand for Christ. Until his little girl was taken in front of him and They cut both of her hands off, and he still stood firm for Christ. Hear me, Christian, please. I said to you last week, I want to strengthen us as individuals, as a church. If God would send a great revival, if God knows my heart, I'd be ready for that in a minute. And God can, I believe that. 
But I do believe that great persecution is going to come and is coming. And the church needs to remain strong through it. The church needs to remain focused even though others are going to reject this message. I want you to see Paul's response in verse number 25. But he said, I am not mad, most notable Festus, but speak forth the words of truth and soberness. Paul did not stray from his message even though it was being rejected. Listen to me today. Don't let others discourage you from standing for truth in these ungodly days. We as Christians, we need to stand up for Christ. We need to stand up for truth and we need to stand for the gospel message of Jesus Christ even in difficult days. Even in times of great persecution, the church must stand for the gospel. The church must stand for truth. I, I, I call on every father here today to stand for truth in your home. Don't let things scare you. Don't allow seasons to cause you to quit. Listen to me, God has given you that family to raise and he's given you that family to lead. Stand for Christ in this day. Raise godly children that love God and stand for the gospel of Jesus Christ. We can still do it in 2020, even though the world seems like it's falling apart. We should stand for the gospel when we do that by relying solely upon God's strength. Listen to me, every single uh, husband and wife can have a godly marriage, even in 2020. You can stay faithful. You can stay right with God. You can have joy in difficult seasons. Every, every family can raise godly children. I, we see the season. We see the, the things that are happening in this world. And oh, listen to me. We can stand for the gospel and we can raise godly children in this day. Lastly, and I need to hurry. Number four, when time is done, I want you to see something here that Paul stayed focused because people need the gospel. L look with me if you would, please. Paul said this, King Agrippa, in verse number 27, believest thou the prophets? I know thou believest. He's, he's contending here with Agrippa. King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? I know thou believest. Then Agrippa said, Agrippa said unto Paul, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. And look what Paul's response was. I would to God that not only thou but also all that hear me this day were both almost and altogether such as I am, except these bonds. Why did Paul stay focused? We see that he stayed focused in preaching the gospel during difficult times. We see that he stayed focused on God's help during difficult times. We see that he stayed focused even though rejection came uh, during this time. But he stayed focused because people needed to hear the truth. He said to, to Agrippa, the, and I want you to think about this. Paul is in bonds because King Agrippa won't let him loose. He's in bonds because Festus has put him in bonds and kept him captive there. The chief priests that are there hearing that, that want Paul dead, 
The Jews that are threatening to kill Paul, they're all standing around. And Paul's message to them was this, not that I hope that you get what you deserve, not that I hope you all die and you spend eternity in hell. His message to those that have put him in bonds, his message is to those that have beat him, his message to those that have hurt him, that have put him in this difficult season is this, I pray that you get converted. I want you to have what I have. And that focus that people need the gospel caused Paul not to quit. Listen to me, we're living in such divisive days. But Christian, we're not called to hate and get involved in all the divisiveness. We're called to love. We're called to share the gospel. And Paul had such a love for those that are persecuting him. He said, I wish you had what I had. Minus these bonds. Church, how much do you want for people to hear the gospel? How much do you care about souls? Now is not the time for the church to hide and be silent. The gospel message was the focus of Paul's life. And Paul desired even those that hated him, he desired for them to have what Christ gave him. And he stayed focused because people need the gospel. Why should we stay focused as a church? Because the world we're living in needs to hear the gospel message. Why should you keep your testimony at work? Because the people you work with need to hear the gospel message. Why should you keep your testimony in your neighborhood? Because the people that you live with in your neighborhood, they need to hear the gospel. Don't let this season, church, get you off focus. Don't don't let a season of difficulty and a season of hurt and a season of trials get you off track Our responsibility is to stay focused because people need to hear the truth. The gospel was the focus of Paul's life. Could we say the same? Is the gospel the focus of your life? Are you staying focused during this difficult season? We can't say, well, this is too hard. This is too difficult. This season's really bad. Paul... In every season, stayed focused even to the end. Why? Because people need Christ. So church, my question to us today is how focused are we? You can answer that by what you do with your life. Paul didn't just say he was focused. He lived it. And his actions showed it. What does this world need, church, from us? Focused Christians that won't quit, that'll care about the souls of mankind, that'll preach the gospel message. Let's pray together. Father.